Hey everybody, welcome to episode 55 of the Hockey Free For All podcast, and this is the pre-draft episode, as well as a week that there's probably been more episodes during one single week than any previous week, but there's just that much happening, and in combination with the draft, it'd be all old news if I didn't talk about it now. So with all that said, let's start with the two most significant trades so far in the offseason after the Cup's been won, and that is the Montreal Canadiens have acquired forward Alex. Alex Newhook from the Colorado Avalanche in return for their 31st pick in the first round, 37th pick in the second round, and prospect Gianni Fairbrother. And Fairbrother, unfortunately, is the latest prospect in a group of players that I really wanted to see what they had to offer, what they could bring to the Montreal lineup, and with Fairbrother in particular, he seemed to be really, really solid. And by that I mean a big defenseman, strong defenseman, clear the front of the net out and unfortunately brutal health issues have just cut him down that's a real real disappointment for his career but it's really weird for Fairbrother as he joins a unique group of players that have come to Montreal as prospects and have just had nasty health related issues that has really prevented them from going on with their careers and those people include defenseman Brent Bilodeau defenseman Nathan Bilio, forward Joel Tisdale and now Gianni Fairbrother. And it's just really unfortunate because there was so much hope for all of those defensemen, but I suppose in the current situation with the glut of defensemen that the Montreal Canadiens now have in their organization, that's not a problem, but still for those players, you just got to feel really bad. But back to Newhook. Newhook is a player that Montreal obtains that has a very, very high skill level. He's a very talented player. Unfortunately, he played on a very talent-laden one-year removed Stanley Cup champion team in the Colorado Avalanche, which just did not provide him any opportunity to actually showcase his skills or show anybody what he can really do. However, the great thing for Montreal is they land another 22-year-old talent very similar to the way that they did last year in the 2022 draft when they acquired Kirby Doc. And Newhook fits great with Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, Kirby Doc, Yuri Slavkowski, and just the host of talent that's coming to the Montreal Canadiens. I personally think, although Newhook's natural position is center, I say he's going to be the right wing on the line with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield this coming season, which will make for an amazingly skilled and talented first line on that team without a doubt. And then can you imagine following that up with, since the Canadians also signed center Sean Monaghan, Monaghan serves as the right wing on a line with Kirby Dock at center, so he can kind of mentor and be there for Doc as Doc continues to improve his face-off percentage and overall game at center. And their left wing is last year's number one pick overall year, Ivoslavkoski. That's a hell of a top two lines for the Montreal Canadiens. You can't get much better than that for a starting six. Now, that brings us to the second discussion or other most important trade made recently. And thankfully, the Pierre-Luc Dubois saga has mercifully come to a conclusion. And he is on his way sealed, delivered, eight-year contract at $8.5 million per season in hand to the LA Kings. I wish Pierre-Luc Dubois the best. I really do. I hope he has a great career and even a better 
lifestyle when he's out in California. And I am so thankful that Montreal did not acquire him as it would have been nothing short of a circus environment from the first day he arrived and a total disruption and destruction to the team. It just would not have gone well. However, for Winnipeg's benefit though, Winnipeg fared much better than many expected them to by obtaining the 23-year-old 6'3", 200-pound-plus center in Gabriel Velarde, the highly effective and always engaged forward Alex Iafello, a very reliable defensive center prospect in Rasmus Kapari, and also a high offensive upside in his game that's similar to Newhook in Montreal has yet to be tapped because he played on a very talent-laden LA team. And in addition to all that, Winnipeg also gets a second-round pick in the 2024 draft. So GM Kevin Sheveldayoff deserves a lot of credit and respect from around the league for bringing the Pierre-Luc Dubois saga to a very, very positive closure and strengthening the organization rather than weakening it like that trade could have actually done. With the first domino falling in Winnipeg over Pierre-Luc Dubois and his trade, I'm really curious to see now what happens with Connor Hellebuck. I'm really curious to see if a really quick way to resolve that issue is he is sent to the Toronto Maple Leafs for their first round pick in this year's draft, which is the 28th overall selection. And then just to tidy everything up really, really quickly, I'm really curious to see if Winnipeg can strike a deal with Nashville as new GM Barry Trotz has been really chomping at the bit to kind of make a statement. And I'm wondering if Winnipeg would be willing to send Nikolai Ellers, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, and Sam Gagne to the Nashville Predators in return for Winnipeg native and center Cody Glass, who's also six foot three and over 200 pounds, left-wing prospect and ready-to-go in the NHL Zachary Hero, NHL defenseman Tyson Berry, and NHL defenseman Mark Borowski. I'm really curious to see, because that actually resolves all of Winnipeg's issues at that point and brings NHL-ready players or already in the NHL players back to the Winnipeg Jets. I'm really curious to see if Winnipeg could pull something like that off. That would have to go down as one of the biggest and quickest rebuilds in the history of the league. That would be very, very impressive. And of course, their neighbors to the West, Calgary, awaits that same personal enjoyment as their roster seems to be falling apart and in a state of flux as well at the moment. So with that said, let's move on to other trades that have been made. The New Jersey Devils have sent goaltender Mackenzie Blackwood to the San Jose Sharks for a sixth round pick in the 2023 draft. The Sharks then sent defenseman Andre Sestar to the Anaheim Mighty Duck for forward Andrews Gazano. This trade is a bit of a head scratcher. The Calgary Flames, back to them for a moment, have sent Tyler Toffoli to the New Jersey Devils for prospect Igor Shergonov as well as a third round pick in the 2023 draft. On the surface, it seems that the Calgary Flames should have gotten more other than just Igor Shergovich and a third round pick in the 2023 draft. However, that being said, Shergovich has a lot of upside, is a very solid defensive player, and being that it's a third round pick that they got in addition to that prospect and player, maybe they'll be able to select something in the third round that can truly help out the team. The Boston Bruins have gotten in on the action by sending left winger Taylor Hall and forward Nick Foligno to the Chicago Blackhawks for defenseman Ian Mitchell and Alec Rugula. The deal leads one to think that Boston may be clearing space though for a bigger or more significant move whether that be in the draft or whether that be in the free agency that starts on Saturday but Taylor Hall going
going to Chicago. She'd be a solid, not only line mate, but advisor for Connor Bedard being a fellow first overall pick and having gone through what he has throughout his career should be quite the advisor to Connor Bedard and letting him know what to expect, how things can go, what can happen, both to a player and within the league. Continuing on with trades, of course, the LA Kings, again, busy sending defenseman Sean Dursey to the Arizona Coyotes for a 2024 second round pick. And the Nashville Predators sent center Ryan Johansson to the Colorado Avalanche for left winger Alex Galchenyuk. Yes, the career of the former number three selection overall in the 2012 NHL entry draft by the Montreal Canadiens takes another turn and lives on. Good for him. I hope that Nashville is the home that Galchenyuk has been looking for and has tremendous success and can finally put his career all together in that city. That would be great news for him. Now, as for signings, there is just an amazing list of signings that we'll just cover the last couple of days of, let alone all of them. So this list includes Timo Meyer, who just signed in New Jersey for $70.4 million over eight years. David Kemp in Toronto for $9.6 million over four years. Igor Shegovich has signed a new two-year contract extension for $6.2 million in Calgary. Of course, Pierre-Luc Dubois signed his $68 million over eight years in Los Angeles. Seattle Kraken have re-signed defenseman Gustav Olofsson for $1.55 million over two years. The one and only Evgeny Donatov has re-upped in Dallas for $4.5 million over two years. The newly acquired Nick Foligno in Chicago has signed a one-year $4 million contract. Jordan Stahl in Carolina signs for $11.6 million over four years. Arizona defenseman Connor Ingram signs for $5.85 million over three years. Defenseman Louis Belpedo signs in Philadelphia for $1.55 million over two years. And Milan Lucic looks to be heading back to the Boston Bruins. That just in from a couple of different sources out there that are reporting he is going to be reunited with Boston. With all of that said and all those updates, that brings us back to the draft that it now starts in less than four hours. And although it will be fantastic to see Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, Leo Carlson all drafted, the biggest question has to be, where will Mitchkoff fall? Will he be at number five when the Montreal Canadiens select? And that raises, of course, the favorite question of everybody is, does Montreal actually select Mitchkoff? Or do they clean up with potential trades to either the Philadelphia Flyers or the Washington Capitals, who have experienced expressed extreme interest, and Montreal ends up cleaning up with a significant amount of draft assets, starting with only having to move down to the 7th or 8th overall spots for openers, which is not that far, and Mitchkoff could end up being similar to the insane trade like Herschel Walker was all those years ago with the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL, and brings back an amazing amount of draft assets, which of course also that trade set up the Dallas Cowboys for three Super Bowl wins under Jimmy Johnson and one under Barry Switzer. That being said, though, Montreal could end up with those types of assets from Mitchkoff. Another thought that I can't get out of my head is the trade that brought Alex Newhook to Montreal from Colorado can't be Montreal's only activity. It just seems highly unlikely to me that after selecting five overall, or unless they make one of those trades and select seventh or eighth overall, and if it's with Philadelphia, they'd select with at least the 22nd pick overall as well. But it just seems to 
to me that it would be difficult for me to sit there and think that Montreal would sit from the fifth or one of those low first round picks all the way to the 69th pick in the third round before they actually do anything else. That would just be absolutely amazing to me. I would be really surprised if Montreal was willing to wait that long before they make another selection. Well, that wraps up episode 55 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy the draft. I know I will be on the edge of my seat with every pick. Until episode 56, enjoy the draft.